Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I, JC, will be narrating this story for you today called The Exalted. And dear listener, if you want me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. They're coming, yelled the guard on watch. He looked back towards his comrade. Tell King Javas they're close. The guards ran to the nurse alarm bell and rang it. The sound reverberated throughout the small capital city. Other guards on their towers responded by sounding their station bells. King Chavas sat on his throne with his hand on his head. The forces of the incoming army were much larger than he thought, but the walls of Eichenfresh have never fallen. The wall has faced many beasts and armies, and has never wavered. Though, his foe were unlike any other. The representative they had sent intimidated him to the point of silence. It took a few minutes for King Chavas to build the strength to reject their proposal of becoming a vassal capital for the Match Mountain folk. He had heard rumors what they did to their enemies, and he would not subject his loyal citizens to that kind of cruelty. He rose from his throne. Leave me, he told his audience of generals. Without even a word, they all rose from their seats and left the throne room. The king pondered the situation. He went behind the throne. Hidden there was a scrying sphere. He closed his eyes. Old leaders of Eichenfresh, grant me the sight of my enemies. Inside the sphere, a white mist swirled revealing the match folk. He noticed the representative that had been sent. He felt a chill go down his spine. He saw five other individuals with similar gear. Looking closely, he saw that only those six individuals were equipped with high-quality weaponry. The rest of the army had basic weapons with only simple leather armor, if even that. They marched with purpose, but they lacked any formation that a well-trained army would have. A spark of hope had revealed itself. The elven army of Kabash could not fall those walls. The forest giants of the fallen lands could not even pick a single pebble off the wall. A ragtag team of mountain folk was as good as dead. They need only target their commanders, and the rest will be child's play, if they do not run away. For this city, defense is the best attack. His grandfather had his prisoners of war turn the city of Eichenfresh into a moat for a reason. The impassable city became impenetrable. Deep in thought, he didn't notice two figures enter the room. Father? He heard. He turned around to see his only son. Chawas II was crying in the arms of his mother. Are we gonna be okay? He asked. Sorry, honey, said Queen Barusa. He wouldn't stop until he saw you. Chavas approached his family. He looked them both in the eyes. Eichenfresh hasn't fallen, and it won't fall in my hands. He hugged them both. Quickly to the safe room, until we have dealt with those savages. Once the two had left the room, he pulled out a sending scroll. Piari, lift the bridge and prepare the cannon and the archers for the attack. Release the elementals into the pass. We're gonna do what we do best. Chavas went to his throne room closet. At the center was the armor of ice, a beautiful sky-blue piece of art that had been worn by every leader of Eichenfresh, gifted to them by the goddess Mauna, and had seen many battles, and today it was Chavas's turn to don the armor of his forefathers. He put it on. It was a bit more snug since he had worn it on his coronation day. Nevertheless, he grabbed his axe and headed to the battlements to protect Eichenfresh with his soldiers. He made his way through the city. He met with many of the citizens, assuring them that everything was alright. Chavas made sure that the last of the citizens had retreated into the protection chambers. The barriers that the chamber had served as a last resort for the kingdom. It would protect all who enter from any magical effect or foreign objects. After seeing the queen usher people in, their eyes met. He smiled at her. She paused to smile back. I love you, she said. He couldn't hear her from that distance, but that much was clear. He pointed at her and formed his hands into the shape of a heart. He turned around to the front gates. The fire in his stomach was now burning even hotter. Chavas, accompanied by his personal guard unit, made their way to the front gates. He looked down at the incoming mountain folk. As he saw before, the only enemies that were worrisome were the leading six commanders. He went around the battlements, confirming that everything was in working order. One of his soldiers came up to him. We are ready to defend when you are, sir, 
Perfect. We must wait until they are near the moat, and then unleash the cannons. The mountain folk stopped 30 meters from the edge of the moat. The mass of the army all stood there in lines of ten holding hands. They then kneeled and started chanting. They started softly, but slowly build up to a roaring volume. Do you understand what they're saying? asked a soldier. No, I do not. It sounds familiar, responded the king. Should we just let them continue? asked the soldier. Let us wait to see what they do next. The commanders approached the moat. They all stood at the edge of it. They each raised their arms and joined in on the mounted folk chant. A brown aura started emitting from the six figures. The grass around them sizzled before turning to black. The water in front of them was also changing. Their aura was leaking into the water. The more they chanted, the more their aura grew. Not too soon afterwards, the water was discolored. Screams of agony traveled through the water. The water elementals, yelled a soldier. Fuck, yelled Chavas. Aim at their commanders and prepare to fire. The soldiers followed their orders. They prepped the cannons. Two arcanists channeled their magic into each of the shots. At this point, the water around the city became a lighter shade of gray. Any life that had called that area home was now floating to the top. The grass around each of the figures had spread back, now reaching the mass of the mountain folk. Fire! yelled the king. The cannons sent their projectiles flying. Balls of lead with a thin layer of arcane energy were sent towards the figures. Each of them left the trail behind them. The chanting just got louder. The projectiles hit their target, causing a massive explosion. The mountain folk did not even react. They just kept chanting. The dust took a few minutes to start clearing out. The color of the water did stop becoming a darker shade of green. The growth of what the king described as rot stopped spreading throughout the grass. The guards cheered. Javost raised his hands for silence. Do not celebrate yet. Not until we know they are dead. As the dust completely settles, the six figures were still standing in the same spots. Each of them caught the cannonballs with a single hand. Their ore had stopped flowing wildly and now concentrated around them. They looked up. Their eyes had changed. No longer the pupil of a normal being. Their pupils had shifted into that of a beast. Maybe a cat. That wasn't the only thing that was different. Their armor seemed to have melted with their skin. Their skin now looked like scales. Scales from a reptile. Fuck, King Chavez muttered to himself. Reload, prepare to fire. Javas knew why their chants sounded familiar. He had heard them as a kid whenever a matter related to the goddess was brought up, the same goddess that had gifted his forebears the armor. Realization seeped in. This was his fault, and the fault of his grandparents for moving them away from tradition. This was mentioned in the great books. Be free, I confess. Be free under me. Ice preserves, yet unmaintained, it will kill. Maintain my attention, I confess. His grandparents had stopped the worship of the frost goddess Mauna. With their progression in defense technology, they doubted they would ever need her help again. Eichenfresh would keep their usually sacrificed resources and spread them among the people. His grandparents reigned with no repercussions. They raised his father in the same manner, which is how his father raised him. There were always rumors that the goddess Mauna would punish Eichenfresh, but she hasn't made her presence known since its founding. King Chavas knew deep in his heart that their time has come. Dragons! he yelled. The six commanders of the Match Mountain folk flexed their backs. Outsprung black bat-like dragon wings. The leathery wings started flapping faster and faster. They lifted off the ground. Understanding dawned on the soldiers' faces. They started panicking around their king. Some threw their weapons and tried to run. Some dropped to their knees and started praying. Then some just stood there and cried. Five of the dragon people flew above the city. Each of them took a corner to occupy. King Chavas looked back towards the mountain folk. They had now moved up towards the edge of the moat. Their chanting had changed too. 
The five commanders hovering over the city start chanting the same thing. Their voices overpowered the mountain folk. It resonated through the city. The clouds turned black. The six commanders suddenly appeared in front of Chavas. I can fresh. Witness your blunder. It spoke. The soldiers around the king scrambled to move away from the dragon hybrid creature in front of them. Nahim, one of Chavas's advisors, lost his footing in the confusion and tripped off the battlements. He was able to grab the edge. Help! Help! He yelled. Chavas tried to turn to help him, but he could not move. The creature landed on the battlements in front of Nahim. It looked down at the struggling being and bent down. You are a lucky one, it growled. A noxious gas began spewing from its mouth. Nahim screamed. Tears ran down his face. He started coughing. The creature took a deep breath. With the exhale, he breathed acid into Nahim. Nahim fell to a certain death as he let go of the wall to wipe away the acid from his face. It turned around back towards King Chavas. Now the only one there, the rest had retreated. Again, he tried to move his body. Oh no, I can fresh. You get a front row seat. The creature forced him to turn towards the city. It took off once more towards what Chavas recognized as the protection chambers. It took almost no time to fly there. Once it was above the roof, it reached its hand out. Chavas could see the layers of protection spells began to dissipate from the chamber. He started praying to the goddess Mauna. He apologized for himself and his forefathers for not giving the proper tribute. Mentally, of course, as he could not talk. He wanted to cry at what might happen, but he had no control over that either. After the last protection spell was dispelled, the creature flew back to Chavas's side. He watched as the darkened clouds shifted to fire red. Unusual colors of lightning were also striking throughout the city. The number of the fire clouds grew at an alarming rate. The creature next to Chavas nodded at the five in the sky. They did a few hand gestures before holding their arms to the sky. The clouds rained balls of fire. Chavas could do nothing as he watched his city and dreams burn. He could hear the screams of his soldiers. Not too soon after, other voices joined. It did not take 10 minutes before there was nothing but silence. He looked over his once pride and joy, now just ash. All the chanting had stopped. Still in shock, he didn't notice when the six dragon creatures encircled him. They all pointed at him. A grayish green energy started concentrating at the tip of their fingers. The rays all hit him. At the location of each ray, it started graying. He could painfully feel himself fall apart, piece by piece, until he was no more. Settle. Settle! We are having this emergency meeting of the Exalted by the request of Mauna. Almighty Otharu, my Red King, it has come to my attention that Black Dragon Veras is the cause of the destruction of my city and the death of my followers, said Mauna. The Red Dragon shifted his gaze toward Varosa. Varosa, this is a strict violation of the Exalted. Is this true? asked the Red King. Otharu, said Varosa. Red King, he chided. Sorry, King. Mauna had ignored them, to the point where they were disrespecting her name, and thus ours, as the Exalted. Is this true? asked Otharu. My King, it was all part of my plan for them, said Mauna. Stop lying! My followers scorched down Eichenfresh over 200 years ago, and you just now noticed, countered Varosa. Um, also part of the plan, Mauna muttered. You see, Red King, she admitted it. My king, those mortals didn't respect the exalted, Varosa pleaded. I decide when I don't feel respected. Not you, Othero growled. Sir, that's not what I meant, she started. For your misdeeds, you must be punished interjected Otharu. As it is Mauna's property you have killed, as her property you shall be. What, what, what? 
yelled Barossa. You will be a mortal sorcerer blessed by the frost dragon Maona until you prove to me you are worthy of exalted. Otheru, please hold on, pleaded Varosa. You are banished, banished. Varosa immediately found herself on a beach, battered and bruised. She looked at her skin, now noticing it had turned blue. She felt she had short horns behind her hair. She also noticed she was bleeding. Fuck, damn it, Mauna, you fuck, she yelled. She got up. Varosa looked around her. The beach was littered with wreckage of what looked like a fresh shipwreck. Furiously, she picked up a few useful things around her and went down the beach to find any other survivors. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. If you want to share your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this tale, share it with your friends, family, and adventuring party. And if you can, please leave a review to help this reach the entirety of the planes of existence. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter for teasers and updates. Again, thanks for listening, and return in a fortnight for the next episode. That's two weeks. Bye!